Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teaching Matters. This program is produced in the studios of WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. This podcast is a continuation of the special series covering a recent trip to Ecuador involving approximately 20 students and faculty from Ohio University. Our primary purpose for the trip was to take part in a project intended to survey the presence of insects in homes comprising three small villages outside the city of Carimanga, Ecuador, which is located in the southern part of the country. The arid mountainous region of Loja province, the state in which the city and villages are located, provides a beautiful backdrop of rolling, lush, mountainous hills. The villages, which are approximately five miles from Carimanga, require a 45-minute ride in off-road trucks to reach. The gravel road follows ridges down from Karimunga into a river valley. Residents of the villages, which appears to number near 100, serve, are served by one primary school named simply October 27. The school itself was an essential element of our field experience looking for bugs. In fact, it was the base of operations for all of the teams going out and surveying homes inside the villages. More specifically, they were looking for the chichuro bug, or what's also known as the kissing bug, which transmits a parasitic infection called Chagas disease. October 27 school is made of cinder blocks and consists of approximately six rooms placed side by side. Or if you were standing just inside the gate of the playground facing the school, older children are in the far right room with younger children in the next two rooms. A storage room, cafeteria, and multi-use room round out the school as you continue looking to the left. Behind the school, on the opposite side from the playground, is a three-stall cinder block bathroom with sinks on either side that serves residents of the school. The playground has a hard packed dirt soccer pitch, a small dirt basketball court, and a playground with slides, swings, and other equipment built by previous field delegations. You see, the overall project called the Healthy Living Initiative has the primary objective of fighting Chagas disease. However, there is strong recognition that to properly fight the disease, all aspects of the social, economic, and community cohesion in the villages must be elevated. Consequently, much of work much work has been put into also improving the school, building a community center, and also improving access to potable water within the villages. This was my second trip to Ecuador and to the school. It struck me each time that the sound of a primary school always brings a sense of familiarity. Children following a lesson from a teacher, or a vibrant soccer match on the playground, Those noises are all reminiscent of sounds you might hear in any school serving primary age children. But there's also obvious differences when comparing October 27th school to the larger schools in Cariamanga or even schools in the U.S. First, students must walk a long distance over dirt paths and gravel roads just to get to school. That could take well over an hour. The three villages in the valley are relatively close when looking at a flat map, but getting from home to school requires commitment. Second, expected pedagogical support is limited. Although cell coverage is quite good in the valley, there's no high-speed internet or really even computers inside the building. The students learn from materials brought in by the teachers. Still, it's clear that October 27 teachers have nearly a kindred connection with their students, and the natural flow from learning uh, to play happens effortlessly, it seems. While at the school, I had an opportunity to talk briefly with the teachers and students as the students ate lunch. The conversation was translated by Lori Lammert, who was the operations director for the trip. 
her name is Perla Perla Tandasso, and she is a primary education teacher here um, with fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. Mm -hmm. Mi nombre es María Elena Cuenca, eh, soy docente del Ministerio de Educación y trabajo con niños de primero y segundo grado. Okay, my name is María Elena Cuenca. And I work with students in first, second, and third grade, and I'm from the Ministry of Education. Can you tell me approximately how many students attend the school and what their age ranges are? ¿Cuántos estudiantes hay en la escuela y cuántos años tienen? Tenemos 20 estudiantes y están comprendidos desde los 5 a 12 años. We have 20 students and they range from 5 to 12 years. And approximately distance-wise, how far away do the students live from the school when they have to, you know, walk to school or ride? ¿Cuánto lejos viven los estudiantes? The furthest distance would take about two hours, or and it's about six kilometers. Mm -hmm. um, of the students who go to the school, how many of them, based upon your historic knowledge, will probably go on to uh, a high school in Paramaribo? ¿Cuántos de los estudiantes que estudian aquí um, van al colegio después? Pasaron en su experiencia en el pasado. La mayoría de los que terminan, si terminan unos cinco, hay unos casos que van todos o unos cuatro. La mayoría. Sí, sí. ¿Cuánto por ciento? El noventa por ciento si ingresa al colegio. Okay, about ninety percent go to high school. So she was saying the majority of the students, if they finish here, they do go to the high school. What are the challenges that they face uh, in going to high school, given that Karimanga takes so long to get there uh, and that sort of thing? So what, what challenges do they encounter? ¿Cuáles son los desafíos o retos que tienen cuando vayan a Karimanga para el colegio? Sería lo que es este, la socialización con chicos de las ciudades. Um, one thing, it's difficult for them to socialize with the children from the cities. Okay, so the level of education is the same. They have studied the same things, but it's difficult for them to integrate or socialize with the other children. Yeah. Um, so many students, the other challenge is the distance. So many get up at four or five in the morning to be able to arrive by six. Uh, one of the things that we try to um, 
think about are the assets, the things that are positive that you can build from, the strong foundation. So if you were describing the assets and the strong foundation of this school with these children, um, what would some of that be? ¿Cuáles serían ustedes son los recursos o las, las partes más, más fuertes o la base más? ¿Cuáles son los recursos o las fortalezas de esta escuela? ¿Cuáles son las fortalezas de la escuela? Los puntos fuertes, las, las partes mejores que tienen. ¿Qué sería su estructura o eh, sobre los estudiantes, cómo salen ellos en valores, puede ser. Okay. En valores, en, en su capacidad de, de poder desenvolverse en la ciudad, uh -huh. las asignaturas, los conocimientos que ellos llevan. Okay. Okay, so, so she's saying that they leave with very strong values that they take with them, and then they're able to go to the city and integrate those. Do you have many of uh, the children that go on and go to the university? Hay muchos que van a la universidad. No. Terminan algunos en bachillerato y luego se dedican a lo que es trabajo. Okay, pero algunos sí empiezan y no terminan. Casi la mayoría no. No, okay. no solo terminan el bachillerato. Okay. Continúan. So some students, um, that, yeah, many will just finish their high school degree and most do not go to college. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, what's the official name of the school? ¿Cuál es el nombre oficial de la escuela? 27 de octubre. Um, October 27th. Um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. To be sure, October 27th school has many assets. Given its location relative to the nearest town, the school has many supplies and elements like a well-constructed playground and building that give it the feel of a positive learning and developmental environment for the children. The teachers are committed and have a good relationship with their students. The challenge, however, is also location. The school is very isolated. Planning a field trip, for example, to the nearest city would require a day-long trip over long and bouncy roads in something that doesn't really resemble a school bus like we would think of it. Many of the classroom materials are purchased through a very limited budget, but also many find their way to the school through donations. One of the exciting moments was when our delegation gave students in the school several new basketballs and soccer balls for their playground. And as noted by the teachers, the upward mobility opportunities for the students in the school is really invisibly limited to some degree. University may be an option for their friends in Karimunga, but such opportunities are simply beyond the means of the families living in the villages. And even fully integrating with the students that come from Karimunga, the larger city near the villages, as noted by the teachers in the interview you just heard, is also somewhat limited, which of course also limits their social, uh, their ability to connect socially with their peers once they leave October 27th school and actually go to the high school in Karimunga. 
Probably the most significant takeaway that I've observed with October 27 school is how it stands as a testament to the resilience of education. Even in this small rural valley separated by long dusty truck rides from the nearest community, teachers and students find ways to bring light to knowledge. Second, the school also illustrates the ethics of giving back. The Healthy Living Initiative, the initiative that brought us to Ecuador in the first place, has provided faculty and students from the United States, Ecuador, and many other countries a location in which to learn and conduct research. At the same time, those delegations, spanning many years, have found tangible ways to provide broad support to the communities, whether it be to bring books, balls, or to help reconstruct and paint the walls surrounding the playground, October 27th school has been improved because of visionary project leaders who knew that to improve community health, the education system also must be improved. One of the ideas that I've had relative to October 27 school is to explore how digital technology could be integrated into the students' experiences. Virtually all of the families have some access to cell phone technology, and as I said, cell coverage is quite good in the Valley, which means that the internet is certainly accessible, at least to some degree. One of the fun moments for me was when I had my laptop out to transfer some images and audio files. Students who were coming out for recess gathered around me to look over my shoulder to see what I was doing. They were really more interested in the elephant picture on my desktop than the file management work I was doing, so naturally, I thought wisely to find something interesting for them to look at. I started with pictures of my family and my dogs. The pivotal moment, however, was when I found videos of my daughter playing basketball for the varsity girls team at Athens High School. Playing about five minutes of the video, nearly most of the first quarter of the game, the October 27 students began cheering after each made basket and also shaking their heads at turnovers. They clearly knew the game of basketball pretty well. My heart smiled just a bit when they cheered for my daughter's three-pointer that happened about midway through the first quarter. In that moment, it was clear to me that the October 27 students were fascinated by the technology. It wasn't foreign to them by any means, but it was a unique part of their school day for sure. What would happen if they had access to such technology regularly? How would it change their educational experience and perhaps more importantly, the stories that they envision for their future? An interesting point to ponder as I think about next year's trip to Ecuador. Well, this is it for this story. Learning about October 27 school was fascinating for me. It's hard to relay in words the images that I saw. But as I said throughout this particular podcast, one of the things that struck me was that the relationship that I saw between the teachers and the students was not unlike relationships that I would see in any primary level classroom. And it was clear also that the students had knowledge that their teachers were vested in helping them learn. The lessons that the students were recounting, whether it be learning to paint or going through English, uh, well, Spanish lessons, actually, in order to be able to write or read, um, was obvious to me when witnessing that, that the educational experiences of the students at October 27 was very vibrant and very exciting to them. The teachers were also passionate and committed to improving the lives of their students. When you see things like that, you can't help but be excited and also quite question how in our privileged work as educators in America, we can think about ways that we can connect with teachers um, that are not all that unlike us around the world in order to be able to share knowledge, uh, to be able to learn from them as they also learn from us. 
Thank you for listening to Teaching Matters, produced by WOUB Public Media. Keep an eye out for other podcasts in this Ecuador series as we also explore things like how interactive experiences through service learning projects can benefit both faculty and students. You can also listen to the podcast at WOUB slash listen if you haven't tried that. We're also available through several popular podcasting apps, including Google Play, iTunes, and NPR One. You can connect with the staff of the podcast through Facebook. Simply go on Facebook, search for Teaching Matters Podcast, and send us a question or a comment. Our audio engineer is Adam Rich. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth. Have a great day, and thanks for listening.